0: Welcome to the Diabetes Revolution podcast with Dr. Sarah Townley, the type 2 diabetes coach, clinical pharmacist, and mom of seven angels. You don't have to struggle and fight with your blood sugars for the rest of your life. I'm here to teach you the skills you need to control and even reverse this disease. There is such a thing as getting off your meds and creating a future free from diabetes, and you can have it too. Let's get down to business. Hey, hey, my friends. This is Dr. Sarah Townley, the host of the Diabetes Revolution podcast, recording a podcast for you tonight, wherever you are. And I just want to tell you that I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to do this because things have really changed in my house over the summer, unexpectedly, as my daycare closed. And tonight I just scored some hours of time because my husband took my kids, and I'm grateful for that. I have a really great topic for you, but I do want to just point out that I am a believer that what we think is a problem could actually be an opportunity. And for those of you who are new to diabetes or pre-diabetes, it may feel really impossible to consider that receiving this diagnosis could be one of the best things that has ever happened to you, but I want to tell you a story that illustrates how true this can be and how I use this concept in my life to capitalize on problems in a way that creates something even better than what was before. So I have a client who is nearing end of sessions with me, and he has reversed his type 2 diabetes. He came to me with debilitating neuropathy and a lot of fear, which is super common, you know, in the beginning or as your disease is progressing. And it can feel very, very overwhelming and terrifying to consider the possibility that your future is going to be stolen or at least involve a lot more suffering because you have a chronic disease. So this client came to me much in that same condition, and he was actually really freaked out about some neuropathy that he had noticed was getting worse in his feet. And in the short months that we've been working together, that has completely disappeared. And his blood sugars are normal. He's lost, I don't know, 30 pounds and he feels amazing. He feels amazing. And he is the one that has created that amazing result and who he has had to become in order to do that is something he is very thankful for. And none of it could have happened if he hadn't received this diagnosis. And so when I tell you that story, I hope it can open your mind to the possibility that receiving a diagnosis like diabetes or prediabetes could actually be a defining moment in your life that creates a situation where you get to really self-realize what you're capable of and become a version of yourself that you are really proud of. So that's a really awesome situation that illustrates this concept that problems can actually be opportunities. And in my life, I look for this. When something appears to be a problem, I've gotten good at thinking, is there an opportunity here? Where is my growth in this situation? And so me having a unexpected closure in my daycare has actually turned out to be something somewhat beautiful because I've had to rely on my older kids to step up and help me. And they've done an amazing job. And it's been surprising because... Number four, my almost nine-year-old daughter has been the most willing and the most capable of taking care of baby Hayes, who's about five months old now. And it's just been so awesome to watch her love that baby so much that she wants to take care of him. And she's doing such an awesome job. Um, But the day he came home from daycare with all of his stuff after they closed, my mom actually called and she was like, I really miss that baby. And I thought, do you need to come back and hang out for a little while? And she was absolutely wanting to do that. So she'll be here for six more weeks this summer, and I'm so grateful. Okay, so let's talk about something that I feel really passionate about. And it's so funny because in our culture, we don't prioritize joy and pleasure as we should, and I'm going to explain to you in this podcast why it's so imperative that you change how you look at joy and pleasure in your life, and I want to show you how you can use this concept to do something that is super important for the sustainability of your results. The importance of making sure that this process feels good is paramount. Why? Because sustainability is what we're looking for. Nobody wants temporary results, right? We want to have worked hard to get some amazing results and then keep them for the rest of our lives. And so for you to get lifetime results, sustainability needs to be top of mind, Now humans do what feels good and we avoid what feels bad. That's just how we're wired. When you're looking at lifetime results, the process that we are doing needs to feel good for it to be sustainable. Because let's get real. This work is hard and I often will call it the river of misery, right? This is the space between who you were that created the situation of chronic disease and type 2 diabetes, and where you are going, which is the version of you who has solved this problem. That space in between is a lot of discomfort because growth and change happens when we're uncomfortable, not when we're comfortable. And so a lot of people term this the river of misery. Okay, it's just what you've got to go through to get what you really want. Because if it was easy, you would have done it already. So we think that we are logical beings, yet human beings, we reason, we rationalize, we think we are logical beings and that we do what makes sense. But that's not actually true. We are, in fact, emotional beings that take action and avoid actions based on how we feel. So let's slow down and really look at that. This is why it's so critical to be honest with ourselves about how we feel. Our emotions are messages from ourselves to ourselves. We are meant to pay attention and to receive the message so that that emotion can pass. But many of us are avoiding feeling our emotions. We're accustomed to disconnecting from them. We distract ourselves. We numb out when they're unpleasant. And we do this by either staying super busy with little opportunity to sit quietly and reflect And we also do this by using all manner of things outside of us to shift our internal state from one of discomfort to a more comfortable state. So I'm talking about things like alcohol, food, drugs, you know, there's Netflix, there's porn, there's shopping online or whatever, like we can buy things to distract ourselves. These momentarily will create like false pleasure, but they have a net negative effect in some of our lives because they're creating like this whole other problem on the side than the one that we are trying to escape with these false pleasures. Many of my clients realize that they've been using food to create pleasure in their lives and this becomes an obstacle to healing. So the logical solution is to stop looking to food to feel better, whether it's just wanting pleasure or unwinding you know, from a stressful day or comforting themselves you know, when they're lonely or whatever. But what they come up against is the lack of pleasure that still remains without the food or the drinks. What do we do about that? Well, we're going to have to solve that if we want to be able to keep moving toward our goal of reversing diabetes. Because remember, we're emotional beings, right? How we feel creates our human experience. We need to intentionally find ways to make this process feel good so that we will want to keep going. No amount of logic will overcome this truth. So how do we make this process feel good? I'm gonna offer you three different things that are going to be important for you to consider in making this process feel good for you. The first one is that we wanna be able to take small, doable, sustainable action frequently. This is why having a coach is such an advantage. Like I just had a client yesterday tell me how valuable it is to have me on her calendar so that she can stay focused. Focus has been a major component to her success because every week we are focusing on what is working, what's not working for her and making decisions on how she wants to go forward for the next week quote, we don't learn from experience, we learn from reflecting on experience. That is a quote from John Dewey. I love that quote. It's just so good. So we're reflecting, we're learning, we're getting smarter, making informed decisions to test every week. And we get results, then build momentum, those results quickly by taking small, doable, sustainable actions frequently. Trying to overhaul your lifestyle or follow a super restrictive diet will feel awful, and that is why it's not a long-term solution. The second thing I want to introduce to you is the importance of celebration. In order to create a completely different state of health, your brain will often be delaying instant gratification for something better, right? A future free from chronic disease that limits your freedom is a miracle when you have a disease like type 2 diabetes. You will need to stay focused on that in the face of like the desire for the sweets or the chips and salsa, right? Or, whatever indulgent food is a competing desire in the moment. You're gonna need to stay focused when you're feeling tired and you just wanna do the easy thing and order a pizza, right? Or when you're hungry and it takes more time to prepare a healthy meal. Like, there's a lot of moments where you're going to need to stay focused on what you truly desire over what feels good or what's easy in the moment. And There's a lot of delaying of instant gratification going on. So, if we know this, we're going to benefit immensely by bringing in moments and experiences that feel amazing to you. This is where celebration becomes important. We would be wise to capitalize on any reason to feel accomplishment, pride, encouragement, excitement gratitude, joy, and pleasure. As in pleasure is an emergency, it is critical to your success to celebrate and to incorporate pleasure any way and as often as possible. So what does this actually look like? It looks like sharing your wins with someone who gets it, whether it's, you know, your partner, a best friend, a worker your social media network, I don't care. Anybody who would recognize and support you in this enormous effort to do hard things. Wherever we can, my clients and I are high-fiving and shaking our butts. Maybe that's just me, but every time we hit goals or have what's called a non-scale victory. So what is that? That is any cause for seeing progress. Okay. So, if whether it's, you know, sizing down on your jeans or passing over a dessert that you over and over gave into, you know, eliminating a medication, getting some better sleep, that's for me like a big cause for celebration. Anything that is clearly a win and isn't a number on a glucometer or a scale is a non scale victory. And as a reformed hyperachiever, I know how quickly my mind will want to pass over milestones or even major accomplishments because it's already looking for like the next goal. I have to make a conscious effort to slow down and appreciate myself for creating something amazing that took a lot of time, energy, and resources, right? You had to get through the river of misery to create this. So, if that's you, I want you to see that it is essential that you make a big deal and enjoy the process by celebrating as much as possible. So, the third thing that I want to introduce you to as a major piece is incorporating pleasure into your daily life as you stop using food as a main source of pleasure. Okay, so I think about how different vacations are when food is just food and not the main event <laughs> like how does it change your life when food literally becomes your medicine instead of your entertainment <laughs> like we are wired for pleasure we need joy in our lives and when we stop using food or other things as counterfeit pleasure the absence of joy can become very apparent So it's actually quite understandable why our brain is suggesting or insisting on pleasure with food. Like it totally makes sense. But for most of us listening to this podcast, we don't want to keep having this kind of relationship with food. Like this kind of relationship with food is akin to self-abuse and is stealing our future from us. What I want you to do is see that you need and deserve joy and pleasure in your life every dang day. It's imperative. On a scientific level, it actually regulates your nervous system. When you are having moments of joy or pleasure in your day to day, it's going to shift you out of survival mode, right? Like that fight or flight mode. Into that rest and digest and heal and repair mode, the parasympathetic nervous system mode. That is going to create more health through regulating your nervous system. And that's super advantageous for a process of healing like reversing your diabetes. So, what does joy and pleasure look like for you? Everybody's different. But I'm going to give you a list of things that I've done in my life or that my clients have done to bring more pleasure and joy into everyday experiences. And I'm inviting you to find your own. I actually want you to make a list of 10 or 20 things that you can reach for when your brain wants to seek pleasure with food. So here are some of mine I love to get a massage, even just to have it on my calendar. So that I can look forward to it is pleasurable for me. (laughs) I love yummy like skincare products that smell amazing. I love to go outside and feel the sun on my skin. I go for a walk or a run in my neighborhood and literally talk to God (laughs) while I'm doing that. Or listen to an awesome podcast. Sometimes I do that too. Because I love to learn new things. Sometimes I will call my bestie and laugh about something, anything. I mean, usually our best friends, we can find something to laugh about, right? And laughing is such a great way to feel good. (laughs) I laugh about even things that I shouldn't be laughing about just because it feels good. (laughs) Good coffee is certainly pleasurable for me. I love to squeeze my baby and make him giggle. <laughs> and meditation for me is such an amazing tool for this. When I am in meditation, I feel freaking amazing. I can shift myself from any emotional state into one of gratitude, into one of joy, love, abundance. It is for me such an important tool to create more moments of joy and pleasure in my life. Another way that I bring pleasure into my life is to make sure I have time to connect with my husband. And that can be in a moment or that can be on like a trip, a vacation or something. It doesn't matter. And another way that I've noticed is handy is to dance or to sing to a song that just really lights me up. I also like to play games with my kids and then talk a lot of trash. (laughs) And of course, coaching my clients brings me so much joy. So hopefully you're able to find something in here that resonates with you. But I've still got more ideas from other clients of mine. So here's one, planting or gardening, listening to good music, Doing some kind of craft where you get to create in like a flow state. Reading a good book. Watching the sunset. Listening to birds. Playing an instrument. Hot tubbing or going into a sauna. Planning travel. Oh, I love that one. Like, I like to get on Google flights and just like fly anywhere in my imagination. <laughs> Shop. Make photo albums or look at pictures of your family, like maybe old pictures would be even better. Go fishing or make time for any hobby, you know, like quilting or mentoring somebody. Doing something for someone else usually brings people a lot of pleasure. So I want you to prioritize these things, especially if you're someone who's been relying heavily on food or dining out as a main source of pleasure in the past. And if that is you, you are so normal, by the way, like look at our entire society, right? I also wanna challenge you to see if you can make this fun. (laughs) Is there anyone you can recruit to do this with you? I just felt inspired to invite a client that I work with to find a 5K, because she really wants to run a 5K, and I would fly out and join her for this. That sounded so freaking fun to me. (laughs) When I reach my goal after losing these 30 pounds, which I only have like seven more pounds to go after this last baby, I'm going to plan a girlfriend trip to Sedona where we can do like an all day spa package and hike and lay by the pool or whatever we want. That sounds so fun to me. I also enjoy buying myself cute outfits or shoes as I feel leaner and more comfortable in my body. Like it just feels awesome to put something on that I feel amazing in. So it's possible to make this process fun is what I wanna invite you to see. But it's important at least to make it feel good on a regular basis. So I want you to think about how you can make your changes doable and sustainable? How will you celebrate? And then how can you bring more pleasure into your day-to-day experiences? And if you want support from me, this is available to you. You can go to my website, sarahtownley.com, find the work with me button, look at your options, and even submit an application to talk to me in person for free. All right, I will see you on the next podcast. Okay, don't leave yet. You're gonna wanna hear about this. If you love my podcast, if I'm the only sane voice you found on this subject, if I've already helped you, you need to check out my online course. It's a start to finish step-by-step video course that teaches you all the tools you need to know to beat this disease. You can find it on my website, sarahtownley.com along with lots of other free tools that will make taking care of your diabetes so much easier so get over there right now see you there